What's up, Atlanta sports fans? I'm Graham Waldrop, and alongside me, as always, is Adam. What the hell is even going on this week, Kalal? And we are Atlanta Zone, two Atlanta natives recapping the week that was in Atlanta professional sports with wacky-ass hijinks and analysis. Adam, how's it going, sir? Graham, pleasure to hear from you, as always. It's going very well. Um, To answer your question, or I suppose my middle name, what's going on is I am officially a subscriber to the wwe network graham oh man yeah you watch that royal royal uh whatever it's called royal, royal rumble, rumble baby I think. hell yeah i did and i gotta tell you i think the super bowl is gonna have a hard time living up to like the four hours of entertainment i got sunday night watching that wow what was so special about this thing compared to other wrestling events well do you know what the royal rumble is in general graham no so I remember talking to you and I heard Ric Flair's daughter was suplexing some other woman and then Ric Flair came out and squealed or something. Oh, yeah. When when we were on the phone, that was just like the beginning. That was just like a women's tag team match, which was very entertaining in itself. But the Royal Rumble itself is a match where the goal is to be the last man standing in the ring and you eliminate your opponent by throwing him over the top rope. So if they go under, they're still in. They have to go over the rope. But it, So it starts with just two people. But then they introduce uh, 28 additional wrestlers that come out every, like, 60 to 90 seconds. So you could eventually so you got end up with dozens of people in the ring at once. Yeah, like, like, I mean, it, it's never more than, like, 8 to 10 people in at the same time. But you never know who's coming and they throw in a lot of legends from back uh, in my day when I watched wrestling. But it was awesome. And I'm fully hooked again, Graham. And I don't think the Super Bowl is going to live up to that fun. Because there was also, like, no commercials. It was quick. It was, like, straight from the women's tag team match to Bill Goldberg. I don't know if you know Goldberg, Graham. Of course. Yeah, uh, the ex-Georgia Bulldog great. He wrestled one some young buck, this huge Scottish guy that's like, it was like new age versus old age. Goldberg got his ass kicked, but got like six spears in there and a, a very weak old man jackhammer. Uh, and then they had the Women's Royal Rumble and then two other dudes beat the shit out of each other for about 30 minutes and then the, the main event. So that's what's going on this week in sports, Graham. Royal Rumble recap podcast. It sounds like our show is done then. It looks like you, you, you covered it really well. Oh, thank you. Uh, yeah. Well, folks, until next time, <laughs> rise up. I'm just kidding. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed your Royal, Royal Rumble. I still have never been that into WWE, WCW, NWA. Actually, I do like NWA, but which is not a wrestling group. The rap but group? I, yeah, I don't know. It's just never, it's never done much for me, and I, I don't know. That sounds entertaining. Respect, not my bag. We'll have to put... I have the uh, subscription for WWE Network for another month. It, it, it was just so obscene, like, some of the newer things they're doing. Like, they had this one thing called, like, the 24... And everyone knows wrestling fake. Like, that's that's not an issue anymore. Like, Right. Well, it's fake in the sense that you know the outcome. But, I mean, there's still, like... It's a very dangerous thing to do, and these guys are ridiculous athletes but yes they do say 
so-and-so is going to win at the end of all this. So it is entertainment, but they, they did this one, this it's been introduced in the last like couple of years. I read it's called the 24 seven championship. So like in the middle of the women's Royal rumble, some dude with a belt around him just starts like sprinting out of the back and like six dudes are chasing after him. And it's a championship that can be defended anytime, any place where a WWE referee is present. So like some, one of the women fighting, like tripped him, kicked him in the balls and then pinned him. And then she's the champ, the 24 seven champion for like 10 seconds until she loses it. And like the announcer ends up winning it at the end of the day. It was, it was hilarious to watch and like could not be more impressed with the WWE Graham. We got WrestleMania in two well, months, so we'll talk about that as well. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's probably a good perspective to have on it. It's it's more like theater in the sense that it is a show. It has a story. There is a ending that everyone's trying to get to. Yeah. There's conflict, but it's all staged. Yeah, there's writers that they script it all. Right. You know? Yeah. So And that's fine. I just, I don't know. I, I haven't really spent, I've also will say... Not since I was a kid did I actually sit down and really watch these things. So maybe I'll get another chance. You never know. But yeah, I mean, I, w- I wouldn't suggest, you know, put too much time into it, but give it a, yeah, exactly. Just give it a chance sometime, Graham. Yeah, no, I got a friend who swears by it, even has his own WCW belt in his house. And anytime that shit's on and you try to call him or, or, or be in touch with him, he ignores you. It's absolutely ignore. I remember I was supposed to talk with this guy. I think during the last WrestleMania that happened, and I think we had scheduled a time to talk on the phone, and I didn't like he did not answer the phone, and I was like, "Well, this is weird." And then we talked the next day. He's like, "Oh yeah, I totally forgot it was WrestleMania. Like I, I can't miss that. It's like a religious thing for him." Yeah. So uh, WrestleMania is bigger than the Super Bowl to some people. Do you want to talk about the Super Bowl well, at all since, you know, we're a little light on the Atlanta sports news? We can. Um, you know, it's Mahomes versus the ageless Tom Brady, who will be going for his 17th Super Bowl championship, I predict, in the year 2047, mm. when he is age 74. But for now, he'll have to just try to get his seventh Super Bowl and his 10th appearance, which is just insane. Yeah, 10 Super Bowls in 20 seasons of playing football. Ridiculous. I mean, the average, I think, that someone lasts in the NFL when you when you take everyone together is, I think, under five years. I think it's three and a half years is the average length of time that most players play in the NFL. So Tom Brady truly is a freak of nature, a one-in-a-million kind of player. Sucks to say that, but it's true. No matter if you love him or hate him, cannot deny the guy's greatness. So brass tacks pulling against the Bucks because of the NFC South yes. thing, right? Yeah. And Tom Although Brady. I will admit, it was weird when I, I did watch the NFC Championship, and it was very odd for me because going into it, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm definitely pulling for the Packers because you know, one Tom Brady to the Bucks in the NFC South." But then when the game started, I found myself not really pulling for the Bucks, but not wanting the Packers to win. Because I'm still salty as hell over the time they beat us in the 2010-2011 playoffs 
at the Georgia Dome when we were the number one seed. And then they went on to win the Super Bowl. Even though we kicked their ass in the NFC Championship to go to the Super Bowl during the, uh, during the Falcons' Super Bowl year, I'm still salty as fuck over that first Packers playoff loss, even though we got revenge. But I, and then I realized there aren't really a lot of games, at least to the top of my mind, against Tampa Bay where I you know, have this uh, insane hatred towards them at all. I can't think of one. I know there are times they've beaten us in, in, in big games before, but nothing on that level of that, that Packers game against the Falcons like 10 years ago. I'm still, I still feel that uh, when I, whenever we play the Packers. So I, I hate to say that I, 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 did, I would rather the Packers have lost than the Bucks a uh, couple weeks ago during the NFC title game. Yeah, I agree. Tampa Bay doesn't feel like, obviously the Saints are our biggest rival. Oh, yeah, I hate those guys. Uh, I feel like we're never good at the same time Tampa Bay is good. It's like we, we switch years. Well, it's off. very rare for them to be good. But when they're good, they go to the Super Bowl and probably win it. Like the the Warren Sapp days, I, I hated I hated him. Yeah. Coming in as a running back and just making a joke of our defense. Right. Um, but, yeah, there's not that much hatred. I, th- I, th- I think – I am one of the Tom Brady haters just because he's been too good for too long. One of those deals. Even though he's he's like, it's not like, oh, I guess he cheated with Deflategate and all that. So maybe he is a scum. But yeah, I mean, I think regardless if he's a cheater or not, he's still the best to ever do it. Yeah, you, you certainly recognize that parting him from Belichick and... Yeah. Kind of answering that. I mean, I know he had a lot of weapons this year with Godwin, Evans, and Antonio Brown. He still threw 40 touchdowns at age 43 for well over 4,500 yards. So, I mean, guy's still a freak at age 43. I mean, Jesus, God. Here's the big question, Graham. This links it to Atlanta sports and will rile some people up. Is Matt Ryan in the Super Bowl right now on that team? As the starting quarterback, not the backup, Hugo. I'd probably say no. I mean, Brady's better than Matt Ryan. Even though Brady threw like four picks in the championship game? I think it was three, but yeah. I don't see Matt Ryan making that throw to Scotty Miller at the end of the half against the Packers. But if he doesn't throw three picks, then he doesn't need to make that throw. True. And who knows what Matt would have done? That. I mean, we've got to say this, though. Tampa Bay does have a good defense, particularly a good running defense. One of the best running defenses in the NFL this year. I think they're giving up under 100 yards a game. I think they're even in the, you know, only giving up like 85 yards uh, a game or something. Someone, I'm sure, will check that and, and bitch slap me across the face when I'm wrong. But I do know they have a great running defense. And, you know, their secondary is not atrocious. So you can, it's not just Tom Brady getting it done for sure, but I don't know. I don't know if, if Matt's the quarterback, if they, if they go or not, but my, my gut says no right now, considering I think his play certainly tapered off a bit this year. If you had given me Matt, you know, the year before, or even the year before that, like the last Sark year, I would say, yeah, but Matt last Matt this year. No, I feel rejuvenated with the Falcons in general and just excitement about the future again and excitement about 
seeing Matt Ryan get another opportunity with a head coach that knows what the hell he's doing. Well, let's see if he does or not. Well, that's, you know, on paper, it seems like he, he is. Right. So he, he might, he might not know who, who the hell knows, but I, I'm just excited. At least it's someone different. Like I'm fully on board with uh, Matt Ryan's our quarterback for next year, probably the year afterwards. I'm okay with it. I don't want to suck for the next four years any more than we've already sucked for the last four years. So I'm, we know, yeah, got to get through yeah, the Super Bowl, Graham, and then it's straight to the off season. Draft coming up in a couple months, biggest draft we've had in like fifteen years. So for sure, I I just want Matty Ice to prove all these haters wrong. Yeah, it would be nice, and it will it will also be great for the fans and the players that have been there for a while to go into a season. I think without, I can't really speak for the players, but I know for the fans, at least for you and me, just this general sense of malaise and apathy towards the Falcons that we've had the last few seasons because we know what we're getting. We, we know what we're getting every year. We're getting a slow start out the gate. We're getting a team that can kind of come back, maybe, for a few games and look really good, have their one big victory during the season against a team they shouldn't beat, and then, you know, wilt like a flower. Or they're they're done before, or, or they start playing well before you know. By the time the season is, is out of reach, we don't have those same kind of expectations coming into next year. We don't know what to expect next year, and I think that's really cool. Just be, you know, we'll get something different. I think at the very least, I don't think this team's going to come out and go zero and five. And if they do, they'll do it in a, a, a damn uh, you know completely different way than Dan Quinn does it. Just because there's so many uh, different coaches, I think. I feel like, but and also just the fact that we are getting a high draft pick, a top four draft pick. I think for the first time since Matt's draft in '08, so it's it's uh, it's a, it is for the first time. I think we can be, I don't even say excited, but interested as a Falcons fan going into the season, without having all these preconceived notions just built up over the years of continual mediocrity and underperformance. Well, I, I think it's the the anger is gone, like knowing that the changes have been made, we can't still be angry about the lack of changes. So just DQ, Arthur finally, you know, getting it done, making the move that he should have made a year and a half ago. Like, yeah, it was late, but we got the fresh start now. Seems like we got a great duo. Let's let's go to work. But, I think that's a good attitude to take. I would argue, though, that at least for me, the anger is still there in the sense that I felt like we wasted the last real prime years of Matt and Julio. That could have been salvaged had a move been made sooner in replacing Quinn and Dimitrov. So I am still angry about that. I'm glad a move was made. and I know those guys can still compete at a high level, but I don't think they can compete at the level that they were even at the last Sark year. You know, if you look at the last Sark year and you look at the numbers and you compare it between Matt during his MVP season and the last Sark year, they're damn near identical. It's like 36 touchdowns, seven interceptions, 5,000 yards passing. Some, you know, they're, they're, they're damn near identical. So I know, and that's just really frustrating that Matt had the kind of season like that, and yet we still, you know, finished seven and nine. And I don't know if Matt has something like that in him again. And it's really frustrating that we couldn't get the right pieces in here to try and go compete for another championship before this point in time, before the point now where Julio's missed seven games in a year, 
Matt's not looking as sharp as he used to. You know, that still frustrates me. But yeah, better better late than never, I guess. Well, Graham, if you were ever not angry about Atlanta professional sports, then I'd be very concerned. So Right, then we need to cancel this show. Right. I mean, you're gonna be it's gonna be February fourth, twenty forty one, and you're still gonna be talking about Sarkeesian and Dan Quinn and how we wasted Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. Of course. <laughs> so just like I'm talking about the Packers loss 10 fucking years ago, which is ridiculous. You always remember a good loss, Graham. Those stick with you forever. Oh, yeah. Well, that was the thing that was so frustrating about it is that that was the year we were the number one seed. We were 13-3, and three, and we had beaten the Packers in the regular season. You know, not handily or anything. We had to kick a field goal at the end of the game, but we beat them. So I was like, of course we can beat them again. It's our time to shine. We have Tony Gonzalez. You know, this is, this is the year, I think, before Julio. Yeah, it was the year before Julio. This actually is the reason why we went and drafted Julio is because we didn't have that downfield explosive passing attack that the Packers did that year. So it was it was just devastating to get blown out at home like that when you had some, you know, your franchise quarterback in his prime, Roddy in his prime, Hall of Fame Tony Gonzalez, and you just get beaten to death out there. It was uh, it was sad times. I, I can't. It's hard to recover from that. Even though we got our revenge five six years later, it's still hard to recover from that initial blow. Well, do you remember where you were when uh, that game happened? Yeah, I was uh, living in North Carolina, my apartment. I had my Matt Ryan jersey on, watching the game on the little little ass TV on Fox. It was a night game. And I remember at the half, we threw a bad interception, and in the second, and it was still pretty close. In the second half, they just blew us away, and it was pathetic. Never forget, Graham. Never forget. Yeah, I think it was the last game of Brian Fennerin's career as well. Oh, that's sad. Be Finn. All right. Well, with that very long intro, should we uh, start the show? I, I guess <laughs> if the show hasn't already started twenty minutes into it, uh, but. Yeah, I I like your I will say this to round up this sort of Falcon slash football talk. I do like your perspective on it. I do like your perspective of saying at least for you the anger's gone. And I can respect that. Even if I you know, disagree, I can respect that. I can also respect the fact that Arthur seems to have put the right people in place. And I think this is one of those scenarios where I think regardless of the outcome of next year, or even the year after that, or even if the Arthur Smith regime as a as a dumpster fire i would say on paper he's done arthur blank has done the right things here in terms of the decisions he's made he's the right thing in terms of bringing a young gm who has who has, still has a ton of experience and knows what he's doing and a young head coach who's offensively minded which is what we've been begging for for the last few years so i will say that at least he did that you know, if it doesn't work it seems like you know these guys backgrounds support this decision this is not a decision made without foresight i don't think it's not the guy the eagles hired it's not the guy the lions hired right and the guy the eagles hired looks like me or you after a bender and just has that has no stage presence have we talked about this on the podcast yet we have not we've talked about it off the podcast but we could talk about it well there's not that much to say but if if you haven't heard i don't even know the guy's name do you 
It's like Doug Nahiri or something. I don't think that's anywhere close to his name. But anyways, um, <laughs> Eagles' new head coach, watch his press conference. It was literally like what our podcast is without editing on, you know, in, in the middle of what's the worst t- time of year in sports? I guess like last May of COVID, something along those lines. Sure. It was just brutal and very awkward. He clearly had like three sentences that he's going to say over and over again. And he just repeated it. And it it was rough, Graham. Yeah, it, it was awful. He was stuttering. He was very nervous. His name is Nick Sirianni. What did I say? Doug Stromboni? Yeah, Stromboli? I, I, I don't know. No, Something he, like that. Yeah. But Nick Sirianni. Sirianni. Yeah. So yeah, that that was terrible. Um, the Lions coach Dan Campbell had a funny press conference where he was talking about. He also kind of got tripped up and was talking about if you, you you're gonna knock us down, we're gonna bite your kneecap. You're gonna knock us down again, we'll bite your other kneecap. And it's gonna take three times to knock us down. Then we'll smile. Then we'll bite you somewhere else. And we'll take that off. And so I mean, it was it was just, just odd kind of subdued manic energy, which I know is kind of those two words kind of juxtaposed against each other, but it was like, he had these like violent fetishes or something, but he was kind of saying it in a, in a very subdued way. It was very, very like almost serial killer esque. But I thought it it was interesting. Despite like the psychoness of it all, that's what I don't want out of a head coach anymore. It's just like, I mean, that, that feels like more of the Dan Quinn, you know, printing brotherhood on t-shirts type thing. Yeah. Platitudinal bullshit. Yeah. Just, just talking acting tough uh whereas arthur smith was just so much more you know level-headed and a man with a plan so yeah it seems like he has the big picture laid out and what he's bringing to the table and that and did you notice adam the day after that press conference or think or two days within like 48 or 72 hours matt stafford requests a trade from the lions he requested the trade yes hmm yeah, I don't know how much Dan Campbell's press conference had to do with it. I'm sure he'd probably been mulling that over for a while after suffering in Detroit for his entire career, but probably didn't help anything. Yeah, poor poor Stafford. I mean, that's that's a tough place to go. Just ask ask Barry Sanders. Like, yeah, I mean, we we we've said this before. At least we're not Detroit, Graham. Although they have the Red Wings. Yeah, we're not Detroit. We're not Cleveland, even though I know Cleveland went to the playoffs this year. But think about how miserable it would be. And the Falcons, longtime Falcons fans who have been fans longer than us, know all about the suffering the Falcons have gone through. But in our lifetime, we've enjoyed a lot of playoff wins, two Super Bowl appearances, and some really great players to come and, and play for a football team. So even though we haven't gotten the Super Bowl, and even though we've had some mediocre years, blah, 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 over the last, since since Arthur Blank became the owner, despite all the shit I've been giving him recently, we have had a pretty consistent, we definitely had the best run of Falcons football in the history of the franchise. That that's that's You can't dispute that. That's objective fact. Despite the last three years. Yes, despite the last three years, you, you take it collectively. I mean, it, it took until the 2008, 2009 2009-2010 season for there to be back-to-back winning seasons for the Falcons in the history of their franchise for a franchise that dates back to 1966. That's fucking pathetic that it took that long. 50 fucking years. So what you're saying is we're better than Cleveland. 
Yes, we're better than Cleveland. We're better than Detroit. Hell, I'd say the last 20 years have been better probably than 45 to 50% of the NFL. Think about Buffalo, how much they sucked until they got Josh Allen. Jacksonville had that one year, you know, where Bortles got to the AFC Championship. But I don't think they were good since the Mark Brunel days. Yeah, but Chargers consistently sucked outside of a couple of playoff appearances. Jets, you know. We got the roots to not, like, we're going to be able to build it back up quickly. Yeah, one would one would hope. One would hope, and we'll see. We'll, I think, Adam, you know what we need to do this year that we haven't done before in the history of the show? Pray? Yeah, we can pray, but I think we should also do a little draft preparation. Get to know some of the people we might be might be taking. Well, at number four, or, that, that's easy or, to get to know these yeah. people. Like it, exactly, it's tougher or, when you're drafting at 26. We we can do that, Graham. I've, yes, we I've can do that. Notes or right if we really want to be lazy about it, I wanted earlier. Right, or if we really want to be lazy about it, we call someone who has some college football knowledge. More so than me just watching Clemson games sometimes. Yes, yes, and me occasionally watching Clemson games with you. Mm. Yeah, that's not a bad idea, Graham. We don't have much else going on, anyways. So. No. No. The problem with prepping for draft is like, you know, you're going to look at, what, 20, player, 20 players and then like your team maybe drafts one of them and then that's just wasted knowledge in your head? Yeah, I guess. Well, at least it gives your mind something to do. <laughs> Could be focusing on which baseball players are zeroing in on 70 war for the Hall of Fame. What I want yeah. my mind to. I still think that's a great. Uh, <laughs> that's a that's a great concept. It works every time. All right, Graham. I think it's time that we talk about the local basketball team, the Atlanta Hawks. That's our new sound in. Actually, that wasn't good enough. Hold on, one, one second. <laughs> Either way, it's a it's a hawk noise. We got to get an intern for this, or, or a or a child being smacked in the face, or something. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, continue with your analysis. We're working on our transitions, and that's that's our attempt at that. That's that's the best we got. So we're working, looking at the Hawks now. So since we last spoke, the Hawks uh, have played three games. They were at the Wizards, then they had the Lakers and Mavs at home. The Wizards, the like this was like the three and eleven Wizards that we talked a little bit about last week. This one I was a little more concerned about when I went to actually watch this game because not only is it the very sad man, Bradley Beal, but they also have uh, Russell Westbrook, which I completely forgot about that he was in that trade for John Wall. It's kind of kind of tough to keep up with all these quote unquote superstars moving teams around now. But anyways, we we overmatched that team, beat them 116-100. Although the game was a little too close in the fourth quarter. I mean, we were up like 20-25 for most of the game. And then they made a a run, but Trey closed it out, ended up with 41 points. The big takeaway here, though, DeAndre Hunter got hurt. He played like six minutes that game. Was it an ankle injury, Graham? Am I making that up? I, no, I believe it was an ankle injury. Yes. So that that was, I mean, 
we've already got Bogdanovich out, done with we, we've gone over this list many times. Hunter's not a guy we can lose. And especially with this I think that was that was evident in the Dallas game. Yeah, da- I mean Dallas and the Lakers. The Lakers game we lost 107-99 and we were we were hanging around this game the entire time. But there's a new formula, well it's a, actually an old formula that we're seeing repeated this year now, especially with the DeAndre being out and all these injuries. When Trey Young sits, usually at the end of the first quarter, into the second quarter, or end of the third, into the fourth, ball movement stops, scoring stops, it goes to hell. So that that happened in the Lakers game where we were hanging around until the fourth quarter, and then you know LeBron and Anthony Davis just started doing LeBron and Anthony Davis things. I was okay with that loss, but like we definitely could have used I think with DeAndre Hunter we win that game against the Lakers and you know them at full strength I, I was surprised LeBron played and that he normally never plays in Atlanta but that happened but yeah Graham th- this Mavs game which turned out to be a 122-116 loss not having DeAndre was huge and you know the Mavs aren't that good I think they're a game or two below 500 I mean they got Luka obviously but I mean poor Zangus doesn't look like anything that special to me and as a a game we should have won and the injuries just caught up to us again and you know the replacements that we're looking at two players that are on my shit list right now Graham and I'm sure every Hawks fans shit list Rajon Rondo Mr. Two-Year 15 million dollars Rajon Rondo and then Cam Reddish. Like, Cam, this is Cam's time to step up, especially with DeAndre being out. When he's confident in a shot, being aggressive, driving to the hole, Cam looks like a great player. But against the Mavs especially, he looked like a scared rookie when we needed him 100%. He ended up 1 of 8 shooting, minus 10 plus minus for the game. And then we got Mr. Rondo, who was a minus nine for the game, 0-4 shooting, two turnovers in 11 minutes. And it's like Brad Rowland always calls him regular season Rondo. We're like, he's going to look like that until it's a big game that he wants to step up. Like against the Lakers, he looked halfway decent because that was his old team. Seems like he kind of picks and chooses which games he's going to step up for. And, you know, this Mavs game, it, it was a rough one, Graham. So I, and we're playing the... I'll go ahead and say we lost to the Jazz, too. The game is currently going on, but we don't have Trey or DeAndre, and the Jazz have won like 12, 13 games. So that's going to end up being four and five. Well, four losses in our last five games. So it's going back downhill, Graham. I, I, I still don't know and, what to think about this team. Yeah, and four losses in a row at home if we lose this Jazz game. Which I know there's not much of a home field or home court advantage in the NBA these days, particularly with either no fans or 1,200, 1,300 fans, whatever they're, they're allowing into State Farm, but it's still, still not very good. And to just talk about Reddish a little more, I mean, he hasn't had a good game since the game against Brooklyn. You know, Wizards, two of seven shooting, seven points. Lakers, six points, three of eight shooting. Not getting a lot of rebounds either. Um, 
yeah, he's he's just sort of an enigma. You know, the talent is all there. It's uh, I don't know what it is about him from a consistency level. This is his second year, right? Correct. Yeah, I, I still think we gotta you know let him continue to feel shit out. And I don't think I, I get where you're coming from with him. I want the consist. We talked about this last week a lot. Consistency, consistency, consistency is the big word of this team that we can't get just a consistent high level of two weeks basketball, which is hard when you're having injuries and all the other stuff that's been going on. But I think we just, I think Cam in particular is one of those guys that we got to give a long leash in, in regard to, you know, hoping that he can develop into the player that we believe he can be. It's just, he's just not there yet. And I don't think we're going to know what he's going to be. I think after, if he's still doing this in his third year, you know, that's a problem in terms of, or maybe not even a problem, it's just kind of like the player he is. But I still think he can elevate his game and be a more consistent player. He's just going to need some more time, unfortunately. Yeah. And you got to keep in mind, too, I mean, you think about him, he's only 21. So, and he missed a lot of time when he only played in his one year at Duke with with injuries. Right. So, doesn't have a ton of basketball experience, super talented player. You know, we you know when he's on, he's on. I, I still am going to give him a long leash. You know, I, I get where you're coming from, totally, with, with the frustrations with him. And the reason I think we are frustrated is because we know he can be a great player. We've seen it. We've seen enough times to the point where he has stepped up and contributed in incredible ways for this team. So... And his defense is still there, and like he was out there to post a, um, to D up Luca last night. But like you can tell, like just watching him, like first quarter is today a good cam day or a bad cam day. And I mean, the frustrating thing for me is just like we need a guy to step up right now, and he should be that guy, but he's just not doing it. Like Solomon Hill, I think had to play like thirty something minutes last night which is not what we brought Solomon Hill to do like he's supposed to just be you know a vet off the bench play some solid defense make the right passes and he's having to play starter minutes right now he played like 40 something minutes a couple nights ago so it's disappointing I mean Cam does have the young excuse Rondo on the other hand I don't get that dude Rondo's always had a bad attitude um, since he became an established player and doesn't and and Brad Rowland is exactly right in terms of the regular season Rondo moniker it's not uh, reaching to believe that I mean the the proof is in the pudding and we're, we're seeing it and yeah he'll have the occasional game where he does show up but he's not, he's not, you know, the things that, you know, I know that you talked about you were looking for in terms of him being a leader. This is not a leader kind of player, regardless of his veteran savvy that he does possess. He's a guy who's just doing his thing. And he'll, he'll pick and choose when he wants to play well. And also, he's not the Rajon Rondo from, you know, 2009, 2012. So the skills, one, the skills have diminished. And two, even though he can play at a high level, He's just, at times, it's just like, it's just just inconsistent in terms of when he's actually going to do that. Well, remember, the NBA Finals were, what, like four months ago, and he was an absolute beast for the Lakers then. Oh, yeah, for sure. So He he does turn it on. I'm just saying, like, you know, back in 09 and whatnot, he would be, you know, 
doing that and a little more on a nightly basis. So it just doesn't, you know, one, he's older, two, he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> I think that's just the way it is. Yeah. It, last night, so the big talk last night was the the defense the Mavs played on Trey, where mm-hmm. they were, I mean, they were double teaming him the entire time, denying him the ball, coming up the court. And, I mean, they completely shut him out in the first half, scoring-wise. He, he ended the game with 21 points, but a lot of that was kind of just a flourish at the end, trying to get back in the game. But that's where you want to see Trey be the distributor, which he was doing for a while, like with getting – because if there's two guys on him, someone's open, and people are either just missing shots or like – I mean, he got plenty of alley-oops to Collins and Capella. But that's where I want to see Rondo on the court running point with Trey free to roam around without the ball. And like we've seen that Mm. some this year, but I, I don't think enough. And, you know, Rondo, he was just a turnover. I mean, granted, he only had two turnovers, but it was 11 minutes. You could just tell he, he didn't have it. So it's it's tough because Trey needs to rest. But, I mean, if, you know, everything just goes to shit when he's on the bench, that's how we get a frustrated Trey that's going to bolt Atlanta in a couple of years. It has been tough with the Hawks this year. It feels like when there is some momentum, there's either an injury or you have the John Trey chemistry issue or a rash of injury. Just some, something always gets in the way. And that's frustrating. But, yeah, I mean, it's t- times like these just – I don't know. I don't want to go into the whole dig deep bullshit because, you know, the players are who the players are right now. Um, and it's tough to ask, you know, Cam Reddish to fill that void when he's just not used to doing that or anyone else. Or asking Solomon Hill to play that much time. You know, it's just like, this is, it's been just a, a frustrating season for a lot of reasons. The injuries, the inconsistency of Trey at times, um, inconsistency of the whole team. Yeah, it, it's just, it, it's, it's been a, it's been a rough year. It's been a rough year, but I hope, I hope it's a character building year for these, for these Hawks. And they're still in position. If they still just continue to tread water, hopefully get everybody healthy all at once. You know, they can get in the playoffs. They can win a playoff round. I, I fully believe that. Yeah, that's the good news is we haven't buried ourselves. We're hanging around. Like, I mean, that's where Bogdanovich, like nights like last night where you need someone else to be a playmaker, bring the ball up. That's where Bogdanovich would be huge. So I think we'll get healthy. We're seeing more out of Gallinari now. Even Tony Snell, he had a good game last night. He he looked solid. It's coming, Graham. It's coming. We get, we got to be patient. Just this week's gonna suck, but we'll be back. You you want to talk about the uh, crazy lady on the court in the Lakers game? Oh yeah, that got in the argument with LeBron. Sure. And I'm sure most people, minus Hugo, saw it. Where in the middle of the Lakers game. You see LeBron going back and forth with a Hawks fan on the court, and that's where I want to stop. What the hell are they doing of the 7% capacity? Why put people on the court, Graham? Like 10 feet from players when you're you're trying to, 
you know, in the middle of a pandemic still. I'm fine having people in the arena, but keep them away from the players. That's just nonsense. Yeah, especially, like you're saying, 1,300 people. There, I mean, Phillips Arena, whatever it's called, State Farm Arena holds 19,000. You could still put everybody, you know, not on the floor, but on the seats that are, you know, that aren't in the upper deck if you want. But don't put anybody, like, it should, that shouldn't even be offered. It is, it is really stupid. Was pretty funny. Player though. safety, coach safety, fan safety. It's dumb. Yeah, they they did an investigation into this this lady who was apparently only twenty five. She looked a lot older than that. Just going back and forth, defending her husband to LeBron James. But uh, you know, they decided she's not at fault. They're not going to kick her out for life or anything, and they're also going to continue to have fans on the floor this year so i'm guessing they paid a shit ton of money for those tickets and that's why they're allowing it yeah i i don't know it it just and then her explanation of the whole situation was was silly the whole thing just sounded silly i don't know who's at fault or who who wasn't who started the screaming match if lebron you know lebron complains a lot and he you know he certainly was mouthing off to to them but you know i i you know lebron doesn't strike me as the kind of guy that seeks out you know fan interaction during a game like that especially during covid to be like join he's not going to be an instigator in that situation and i don't think there's anything on video that refutes what i'm saying well i think he was initially yelling at her husband but I think her husband was talking. But what, but but was he? But was the husband? Did the husband start everything, or did LeBron start? Oh, everything? Oh, I don't know, Graham. That's my thing. Like, isn't nine times like an athlete? An, a- <laughs> <laughs> an athlete doesn't go out of his way to start yelling at just some random fan. Oh yeah, no, it always when starts with happen? the fan. The fan always yells at the athlete. Yes, you know, agreed. So, why you know in this in- so. You know, in this instance, I would think that if this guy is continuing to mouth off at LeBron, then, you know, if LeBron wants to yell back at this dude, especially because you can probably hear everything he's saying because there's 1,300 people there, then whatever, man. You, if, you know, you, you probably started this. And if LeBron's going to, you know, talk shit to you and call you a bitch or your wife a bitch or whatever, you brought that on yourself. Just take it, yeah. Yeah, LeBron's not going to look at you and go, hey, Loser sitting in your chair. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> You're a bitch or something like that. You know, no player does that. No. It's always the fan that starts this shit. So I don't see how that would be any different in this scenario. Hey, I, I do give any Hawks fan respect. Apparently he's been a loyal Hawks fan for over 10 years and he's got passion. So kudos to that guy for well, at least, that- uh, you know, having having the fortitude to be a Hawks fan. Oh, yeah. And if you want to talk shit, I have no issue with 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 someone wanting to heckle a play an opposing player as long as it's done respectfully as long as you're, as long as you're being racist or something like that you know that's a whole other story but if you just want to go you know lebron lebron or stop complaining every two seconds you loser or, or something like that you know good-natured heckling then like when i heckled you know, a christian no with that right we actually got a conversation with christian christian yelich one time 
in that uh, twenty what was that twenty nineteen season yeah. or twenty eighteen season? That was that was po- which a was positive fun. interaction. Yeah, and we were just saying, hey, Christian, you should come to Atlanta. Yeah, you know, we were trying to just talk to him and convince him to 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 request a trade from Milwaukee. Well, I was initially and then, screaming at him, saying that all his poor teammates in Florida miss him, and that it was very rude of him to leave his teammates in Miami. Oh yeah, that is right. And then right. And that's when he turned around. Is like, it, I did. I didn't ask for it. Like it, it wasn't in my control. Right. And then we're like, yeah, we're just jealous. Yeah. And and Christian Yelich didn't just turn around and said, "Hey, what do you guys think about me being traded from the Marlins?" Shitheads. You know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I've yelled at plenty of players on the opposing team. Bryce Harper being number one. Back when you could sit in right field in a Braves game at an affordable price, I was all about yelling at some Bryce Harper. Oh, man. Those were the days. Who was the player you yelled at at Turner Field? You were in the upper deck. There were children all around us. Hugo and oh, yeah. ex-intern Sam. Bobby, Ca- Bobby. Yeah. Ex-intern Sam was there. Uh-huh. Bobby Cox's last game of the 2010 last regular season game of the 2010 season against the Phillies. And I was yelling at, I think, Ryan Howard or Chase Utley saying they're full of shit or something. I don't know. Which crosses a line. <laughs> I was also 20 and ridiculous. And I was also very high strung because it was Bobby's you know last regular season game. We were fighting for our playoff lives. Oh, well, that's fair. So, so yeah. there, there were playoff implications. Yeah, like we had to win that game to get into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah that's a fair game then. Which we did. I'm on your side. Yeah, but I still I still shouldn't, you know, I'm not an advocate for, you know, calling anyone a shithead or anything like that, which I think I did that day plenty of times. So, sorry to all the Phillies in the, uh, of 2010. And the, was, and the children who are, no, who are now adults. Yeah, the children are now adults whose tender virgin ears were accosted by my easy now curse cursing and foul mouth <laughs> but the point i guess of this whole saga adam is that if you're going to talk shit be prepared to have shit talked back to you and anyone around you and it seemed like that woman was well prepared oh yeah she 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 got after it i'll, I'll give her that i think they started to call her courtside karen yeah i also loved her her shit afterwards for she was on whatever TikTok or Twitter, whatever the kids use these days in terms of communicating on these co- silly ass social media apps. Did you call apps. it TED Talk or TikTok? Uh, TikTok. TikTok, yeah, that's that's right. <laughs> yeah. On her TED Talk. On her TED Talk, yeah, on her TED Talk, she was saying that LeBron started all this shit and I'm going to stand up for my man, whatever. I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's just kind of innocent spectacle, I guess, in, in a sense. She's trying to I be mean, the next just, real housewife just, of Atlanta. Right, it's just silly bullshit that is just inter- not only entertaining – to us as fans, but also entertaining to LeBron. I mean, he he was laughing about it on on social media and stuff after the game. So, I, I you know it's I think it's a no harm no foul kind of maybe not no harm no foul. But yeah, I, yeah, I guess there's no foul, no foul, or harm. I mean, it's just it's just it's just fans being stupid. The player reacted, whatever. It's it's entertaining at the end of the day, and no one got hurt. So. Unless she gave someone COVID when she took her mask down. Right. There's that. There's that. And that, that goes back to the Hawks, though, or the NBA or whoever for letting people sit that damn close, which is, which is just silly. Yep. 
Agreed, Graham. Agreed. Anywho, yeah, so we got Utah tonight, Toronto Saturday, Dallas again next week. Man, yeah, we, we need to survive some way, somehow. Well, folks, we hope that you're doing well out there. We want to thank you for listening. We're also going to got a small announcement to make. We're going to get the podcast on Google Podcasts as well. So we'll update the social media and we'll make an announcement on the next show when that when that happens. So if you like Google Podcasts, we'll be on there soonish. What the hell is Google Podcasts? I've never heard of this. Because I'm doing a podcast for work. That was one of the, the platforms, additional platforms out there is Google Podcasts. So it's just like Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever. Just another place for people to go to get their damn podcast. We really got to get rid of that awful picture of me, you, and Gabe at Turner Field in like 2015. I can't do it. On iTunes? Yeah. I, I can't do it. Well, the weird part about that is, is that picture is still – or we, we have the normal picture sometimes on mobile. On mobile, it's the normal yeah, picture. Yeah, mobile is fine. It's just – well, uh, yeah. It's just the, the damn – computer i don't know why 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 it's like that i actually looked into that the other day and i'm like i don't i don't know i remember i even i even emailed apple and unsurprisingly they didn't respond to me (laughs) (laughs) that's hilarious they got bigger things to deal with i'm sure they'll get back to me though graham i'm sure they will yeah in 2062 they'll get back to you all right folks that wraps us up until next time rise up chop on mix it up Unite and conquer and remain true to Atlanta. Hospitometer sip. Hospitometer sip.